You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for another episode talking about Nip Tuck, and we are into the fifth season. Can you believe it? We are into the penultimate season of Nip Tuck, and uh, it's been a fun ride so far. We've had some great episodes, some great seasons. And we're sort of going to be getting some interesting ones from this point on. Not to say that we're never going to have any great episodes of this show moving forward, but uh, it's certainly going to be a different style of show along the way as we kind of move towards the inevitable close of Nip Tuck. We're here to talk about the first episode of the fifth season. This one is called Carly Summers. It premiered on the 30th of October 2007, written by Ryan Murphy, directed by Charles Hayde. And we are got a lot. We are got a lot to talk about today. Apparently, I don't know how to speak English, but we're going to try our best at least along the way. My name is Ben, and they should just be honest and rename this show shit. And uh, I'm Nick, and uh, pineapple juice, baby, makes a man shooty shoot taste infinitely sweeter. <laughs> I was uh, thinking of using that one, but I thought, you know, I'd just be... Uh... <laughs> well, I, was, I was thinking of using your one, so... <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> we use each other's. How sweet. Um... Carly Summers, this is the first episode of the fifth season. Nick, couldn't, can you believe we're here? We're at the uh, penultimate season of Nip Tuck. Yeah, it's kind of funny because it feels like this is, you know, we turn the corner into the final straight on the show, which is ridiculous because we've almost got, well, we do, we've got 40 episodes till we go. Um, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, really. Um, but yeah, it does feel like an, an, an all new chapter, really, of the show, not just because it's the, the first episode of a new season, but, you know, Obviously, it's a new location, um, you know, a, a different type of clientele, I suppose you would say, and certainly a different a different feel for the show going forwards from here. Well, we talked a little bit about that, I think, at the end of last season and kind of looking at, obviously, the big change here really for Season 5 is that we're no longer in Miami, not that you kind of ever really got an overall vibe of being over there, but we're in Los Angeles now and we're going to have a lot of uh, interesting things to kind of uh, go through here, as Nick just said, the clientele and everything along those lines. Obviously, Christian and Sean have moved over completely and uh, new business, new everything. They brought over with them Linda, they brought over with them Liz, so that's kind of some good things. And we'll meet some other people along the way, as well as some of our regular favourites, Julia, Matt, people like that will be back at certain points. But we're not there yet. We're here only for the first episode and pretty much straight into the uh, the show, not even a previously on, and we kind of basically get these lights being turned on. There's a receptionist at McNamara Troy. Uh, I don't know how, where <laughs> she came from. Uh, obviously, they're trying to improve their services slightly in Los Angeles. And, um, basically we have them playing basketball in their, uh, surgical practice because they apparently haven't had a client in two months. Um, so they're chewing through their money pretty quickly. Not even a Botox shot. They've got a repo man showing up who apparently can take the fish. And, um, apparently that is a thing. I didn't know that. Um, but apparently this is, uh, Los Angeles, so they can do that. And it kind of leads into Liz sort of, uh, talking them up, sort of saying, like, this is, you know, you've got to do this again. You've got to go out and try and get business. You're going to need a bigger boat. She tries to use a bit of the old Jaws line there. And it kind of leads us into, like, a, a fun sort of montage here, similar to what we had last season, I think, when we had the whole lovers in the air sort of thing this time around. We've obviously got like a Cholo, which, uh, is actually kind of a fun song if you download it. Um, and they go to a, excuse me, a nightclub after a nice little montage of them getting ready and, uh, trying to, uh, drum up business to which they are assumed that they are actually agents. Um, and then eventually they're going to meet a publicist who, uh, will charge them $5,000 a month to help their image out. And she suggests, uh, they become consultants on the uh, hit TV medical show, Hearts and Scalpels. I know I've kind of lumped a whole bunch in there in the opening, but, I mean, it kind of... It flows very quickly. It's it's very similar almost like to the last episode of Season 4, which really nothing is slow in this episode. It's kind of all bang, 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 and here you are. Yeah, and you kind of get this kind of quick musical montage to kind of bring everything together, which we also got at the start of... Um you know, the premiere episode of season four. One of the things we probably should mention is that um, it kind of just, she just arrives, you know, Liz is, is in the show and there's no real discussion about, oh, she's followed them out to, to LA, you know, like it's just, here's Liz, she's she's part of the show, um, in case you're wondering. 
um, which I think is interesting. They don't really go into much detail about what made her decide to pack up her entire life and move with these guys. Um, but anyway, she has. And yeah, so we get this kind of fun montage of these guys kind of getting ready to go out. And I like the bit with kind of Sean's, you know, he's, he's styling his hair in a number of different ways. And, you know, he looks ridiculous. It's, um, it's, it's really funny. And yeah, it's the whole thing we kind of talked about in the, the wrap up for season four that suddenly these guys have gone from being, you know, the big fish in a small pond to they're the small fish in a big pond now. And, um, you know, that kind of that struggle that they're just, they're not able to sell themselves that they're, they're a little bit out of their depth at this point. And it's, it's all quite fun stuff. Um, kind of seeing these guys struggle. It's not something we're used to. Everything has come easy for them, you know, up to this point in terms of being plastic surgeons anyway. And, um, you know, the one thing that they're both really good at, they're, they're not able to do here. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, we, um, Christian ends up bumping into this um, kind of haggard-looking woman who ends up being an agent, um, well, not an agent, sorry, a, um, a publicist, and, um, you know, she's, um, you know, she's basically saying to them, you need somebody to kind of mould your image and, and help you out. This is Hollywood, it's not Miami, and you're going to have to think differently. Yeah, I, I kind of like the way it kind of just gets straight into that, though, and I just kind of like the way they're sort of walking around this bar, and it's a fun little montage bit. Uh, particularly the sort of, you know, the, the dynamics between the two of them when they're getting ready. Christian's just got that air of confidence about him, you know, getting ready, just going through all these coloured shirts and just the smirk on his face, whereas, you know, as you said, Sean with his awkward hairstyles. But I just also love it when they're kind of going around and, you know, basically asking about, you know, do you need surgery? And like, oh, no, I've got one. I've got a surgeon. I've got this one. I've got that. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, $5,000 a month for a publicist. I actually, like, you know, I mean... That to me doesn't seem that bad. Like, am I weird to think that? Like, there's two of these guys, two and a half grand each a month, so they're paying less. You know, like I, I'm assuming that that sort of uh, business is going to be very expensive if you're, you know, in that industry where you really need to be sold. And particularly if she's the publicist of one of the biggest, you know, romantic comedy stars in Hollywood in this world. Um, it kind of seems to me that that's cheap, or maybe I'm just, uh, you know, thinking something different. Yeah, oh, like they kind of don't give you a lot of information about about what exactly she's going to give them, but we kind of see that in a couple of the episodes coming up. But um, yeah, I would agree. It's um, getting quite a quite a bang for their buck, I would say. Yeah, and they seem to have gone through. I realise obviously they've been there for two months, but uh, you know, and Christian's got this you know massive you know apartment, and their business on you know Rodeo Drive is you know beautifully looking and modern and fresh. So they've obviously spent millions of dollars on this. Um, but how many episodes was it ago in Reefa when you know talking about how rich Sean is and all of a sudden. He can't afford this, so clearly they've yeah. blown it really quickly. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously they've they've put a lot of outlay into. I guess probably their model has always been, you know, if you make the the quote unquote shop window look really good, then the you know the customers will come floating in. But you know, I think what the what the real message is here is that things are done differently here. You've got to um you've got to scratch a few backs and to get yours scratched, and and that's not kind of how they're used to doing business. They're used to being the best, and people come to them. Whereas this time around, they're going to have to. Um, it's not about being the best; it's about how well you can sell yourself and how you can make good connections, and it's a completely different way of working for these guys and you know like we talked a little bit in that finale episode or you know the wrap-up episode about the, the potential and the possibilities for the season where these guys are suddenly they're in you know plastic surgery capital of the world really and um and how that could be played up and this is kind of exactly what i was hoping for i think this is the kind of story that you really want to see from these guys and you can really tell that you know it's kind of quite meta isn't it because the the film or sorry the, the tv makers know about you know, what makes good, you know, what kind of makes this industry work because they live it every day. They're in this industry and so they're able to really draw on, you know, they talk about writers should, should write about what they know and I guess, you know, TV producers should produce shows about what they know and, you know, this is the world that they know, to be honest. And so you would expect this to be a fairly kind of realistic representation of, of the industry. So it kind of starts out that way. I'm not sure it stays that way, but um, we're, we're off to a good start at least. And what I really love, yeah, like about this whole sort of meta side of this season is just kind of that they're ultimately being given a, a consultancy role on a medical show. And then when they're sitting here watching it and it's just so over the top and like, it's just, to me, it's an absolute satire of their own show, which I just think is hilarious. Uh, it's kind of, this is what Ryan Murphy does really well. He said, if you ever watched, um, ever, I'm oh, sorry, ever have an opportunity to watch, he did a show called The New Normal that really didn't last that long. Um, but it was essentially like a, a comedy based on his life. So it was kind of about this um, gay couple who were trying to, you know, be the new normal and sort of adopt a kid and all this sort of stuff. And one member of this gay pairing 
uh, was a writer and director of a hit TV show about a high school uh, that turned into a musical. Uh, so it was basically, you know, about Ryan Murphy and Glee and all this sort of stuff. So I just think it's kind of clever that he's kind of dabbling in this here where he's sort of, you know, having this commentary on medical shows. So when they're watching this and it's just so, so over the top, and this is the first time we meet, uh, obviously, Bradley Cooper, a.k.a. Aiden Stone, and we've just kind of got, you know, this scene at the beginning of, uh, you know, him having sex with this very attractive woman and gets there and he gets a phone call, car accident, I'll be there in 10 Ten orgasms. <laughs> but then just, yeah, yeah. Just like walks in the room and it's like, I'm not losing another one. He's like, you go out there and you tell her, tell her that she'll be dancing at a wedding this Saturday. And then just, you know, all this sort of stuff. No masks. All the nurses have like their boobs hanging out essentially. Um, and then I kind of like it the way it like cuts to Sean and Christian walking into the office the next day and they're like, oh, that's so unrealistic. A face heals in three days. Oh, they know nothing. Like, it's just kind of just the way they're kind of having this commentary, which is no doubt a lot of criticism that they've probably gotten over the years from actual doctors. So, yeah. um, I mean, I just, I just love this. And I kind of, this is always what I like about season five is kind of this hearts and scalpel storyline because it just really is taking the piss out of their own show. Yeah, I think so, and it is um, it's it is quite quite self referential, and you know they're not afraid to kind of um, you know um, kind of point the finger back at themselves. And there is a line later on where you know, like um, Bradley Cooper's character kind of says, "Oh, this is a shit storyline." You know, you don't you don't get into shit storylines until you get to the fifth season. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is really funny. Like they are just kind of poking poking themselves, and I, I do enjoy that. I like the fact that that they're able to kind of at least be kind of self-aware enough to, to kind of um, go there and laugh at themselves a little bit. So, yeah, no, I think it's really good. And, you know, obviously Bradley Cooper, a big star now, but not as much so at the time. So it's interesting to kind of step back and, and see what he was like a little while ago. Um, I, I guess this was kind of around Wedding Crash's time when he was just starting to kind of break through and become a bit of a, you know, um, a comedic force. And he is really funny. Like, he, he just does a really good job with this character. It's um it's kind of perfect for him, this kind of douchey asshole, which is who he plays in the kind of Wedding Crasher movie as well. So this is kind of where I first got to know Bradley Cooper. And um, I kind of wish we got a bit more of this. You know, now he's a bit of a good guy now. And I, I think him being this kind of asshole character is is um, something he does really, really well. Yeah, I think Bradley Cooper to me is kind of like a, a Ryan Reynolds in that he's just like a guy that just, I, I don't know, I just can never dislike. He just seems like such a nice, fun guy and that you just kind of want to hang out with him and you'd kind of be cool with him, like, you know, hanging with your girlfriend and, you know, like, I don't know. But, like, you know, it's just there's just all these kind of things about him that I just, I just love Bradley Cooper. And, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at his um, his filmography. I mean, kind of around this, yeah, he'd sort of been in a few things. He was apparently in Alias. I didn't really watch Alias, so I couldn't really uh, comment too much on that. Apparently, he was in that quite a lot. So, there you go. I did not know that. Um, but, yeah, he had sort of a few bits and pieces here and there. But, I mean, it was around about here. He had uh, Yes Man uh, with Jim Carrey. Um, he had, he's just not that into you coming out and the hangover would come out about two years after this, which obviously was really his big, big breakthrough. Um, so yeah, I think he's what been nominated for at least two Academy Awards, you know, now and really an absolute A-list. And you might almost argue that out of all kind of the people in Nip Tuck who sort of started off somewhere, um, that he maybe has gone on to the, uh, the biggest things. Um, and you know, he's never a major cast member of this show. Um, he's what, like in about, um, you know, six, seven episodes, maybe I want to say. But I mean, from a standpoint where it's not like they've gotten him, it's not like they've gone and gotten like Brooke Shields or, you know, people like that who are already established household names. I mean, he's kind of on the up at this point. So, um, I think that, but you can, you can really just see why he's gone on to be such a star. Just the way he plays his character, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's just meant to be an absolute over the top version of Christian. Um, but it's just, oh, he's so good. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love, um, Aiden as a character, one of my favorite characters in all of Nip Tuck. Um, yeah, well, it's funny. You know, this whole thing is, it's just, this season is just like littered with stars. Like, you know, I remember last time, oh my God, you know, here's this, here's this famous person, here's this famous person. And, you know, now we're in Hollywood, they've got every excuse to just like absolutely just throw these celebrities at you. And, um, you know, I don't know what the hit rate's going to be like as we go forwards, but, you know, they've found a, you know, a celebrity or, you know, a well-known actor, um, reasonably well-known at the time and definitely known now, um, who, 
you know, is, is really good and fits this role really well. And um, that's something I'm going to be watching is as we get these these celebrity guest stars is you know, how well they work. And, um, you know, Bradley Cooper's kind of first up to the plate and um, kind of smashes it for a home run as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, completely agree. We sort of are back to the office and they've got their first patient, um, Bob Easton. He's a studio executive um, who has a bit of a fetish for a mistress and basically he's got some uh, injuries which he wants uh, to be fixed because uh, he's always in control. He wants to uh, basically uh, be uh, not in control with this. So this is kind of a, a recurring thing throughout this episode. Um and then I, I kind of like the, the bit there where, you know, they're trying to play up that they're busy. Like, oh, we're very busy today. We'll make, you know, next Tuesday. And he's like, please, this place is deader than my nana. You'll do it today. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, and then that obviously leads us to where we finally get on the set of Hearts and Scalpels. We meet uh, Oliver Platt, Freddie Prune. I love him. He's so great. Yeah. Um, just an yeah, absolute caricature <laughs> of Ryan Murphy, I'm no doubting. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, he's one of those um, those actors who pops up in a lot of stuff, you know, like I've seen him in all sorts of stuff. Um, and, you know, like you don't necessarily think, oh, man, this guy's amazing. But every time he just does a really good job. Um, yeah, he's somebody that kind of brings a real, you know, what you're going to get when he turns up on screen. And he definitely does a good job here. So, yeah, I think this is a, a really good fit for this. Yeah, and it does. it's so funny. Like you just think about um, how self-aware they are and, um, you know, Ryan Murphy and were like lots of these guys would have dealt probably dealt with these kind of um, you know hack directors who are just there to you know put there by the studio to kind of get the the stuff on film but it's never that great quality and I kind of feel like there's probably lots of directors like him out there that just you know get brought in for a job but they're not particularly great they just they just get it done you know. Mm, and I love kind of just this opening bit where they're on sort of a golf cart going through this film studio and they've just got all these people and all sets playing things in between it. And kind of as you were saying, you know, like this is what they know. They know sort of the TV industry, so kind of things like this. And obviously, you know, he's sort of subtly asking, what do you think of the show? And the way Christian's just like, 10 out of 10. And Sean's like, 5. Uh, you know, it could use yeah. this, it could use that. And then we, we meet Aiden Stone in person outside of not just being on TV and he's an absolute douche. He's just, you know, a absolute diva. Everything revolves around him. And this is a bit where you just mentioned where he sort of comes up with a script and he's like, a musical episode? This is the kind of desperate shit you do in your fifth season. <laughs> it's just so funny that they just kind of go out of that way. I wonder if that's kind of almost like a self little reference to the fact that they sort of did that lip syncing bit in the last episode. Because, um, I mean, we, we never get a musical episode of Nip Tuck, thank goodness. Um, but, I mean, that was probably the closest we'll ever get to it. That and maybe the Mrs. Grubman bit from our last season as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just kind of seems like it's just, it's just again, so self-referential, so satirical on itself, particularly because we are in the fifth season. So, it's kind of like, you know, maybe, I, I remember when I first saw this, I thinking like are we going to get a musical episode this season yeah yeah you just kind of expect it after that line but um yeah no I, I, and like i say i think it's really fun that they're kind of self-aware enough to know that there's probably a lot of people who are thinking this about the show that you know it's trash and, and that kind of thing and um i think it's one of those things is like sometimes you know you can you can get away with things not being top quality if you're kind of tongue-in-cheek about it a little bit. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, I want the show to be the best it possibly can, but if it's not going to be, then um, I at least like the fact that these guys kind of know it, which is, I guess, a weird thing to say, but um, it's a bit like, I, I call it the Nickelback effect. You know, Nickelback <laughs> know that they're, that they're a little yeah. bit rubbish and they just kind of they kind of lean into the punch, really, you know, and, and um, I think that kind of, I, I kind of like them a little bit more because they do that, and um, this, this is kind of what I feel is happening here. Um, and, which is a shame because they've just come off arguably one of their best seasons. And, um, I, you know, I think that for whatever reason, these guys are suddenly feels like they're kind of just selling themselves short here all of a sudden. Um, which I think is going to be a little bit of a factor going forwards that these guys really don't, they don't believe in themselves quite so much in making the show. And I, I think it starts to show through. Um, and you can just see the little signs kind of coming through as we begin the season. Yeah. And I, I, I'm with you there with Nickelback. I, I randomly like the fact that, um, you know, Chad Kroger often comes out and says, yeah, we know we're shit, but people keep buying our records and coming to our shows. Why the fuck would, it, would we change? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of just, you know, some of those people that know it and just go along with it. Um, but I, this is kind of, I remember back when we had the episode, uh, was it season two, I think it was, um, where we had um, the Pussy Lips episode. And yes. um, I remember saying to you, like, this comes back. 
like in the future in some form. And this is the episode because, uh, obviously, um, he's running out of ideas. Uh, he doesn't know what to do. And this is obviously why Christian and Sean are being brought on. And so they mentioned the uh, time that they had to have a patient whose lips were severely burnt where they had to get skin from her vagina and put it on her lips. But her husband did not enjoy oral sex. So, and just the way kind of Freddie Prune reacts here, <laughs> it's like, when can you start? And then, you know, Christian obviously swindles in here, some producer credits and uh, some walk-on roles. Um, and I just love the way when he's like, I'd watch a show with pussy lips on it. Um, it's just so, so funny. Um, which is... I just love again like it just you know if you had never watched nip tuck and maybe this is your first time watching it you're not gonna you know you don't need to know that that was a real episode i mean for for you all the people watching this knows that's just the case they have they're just mentioning it but you know we obviously had a whole episode around this so yeah i just uh, here's that point where i said bookmark that episode bookmark that point remember it in the future because this is where it happens yeah, it's like the uh, you know the prophecy coming true, the pussy lips prophecy. We've we've reached full circle. You know, it's all paid off in the end. The pussy lips prophecy. Yes, that's a new podcast coming soon from the makers of the uh, Oz Network. So we're yeah. back in the um, back in the office, and we meet our titular character, Carly Summers, who uh, is a uh, steamed Hollywood actress. I guess she. Um, what is this, according to Christian, like, of all the, uh, romantic movies that my girlfriend's dragging me over to the years, yours are the ones I enjoyed the most or something like, or hated the least. Um, so I kind of like the way he sort of says that and we meet, obviously, uh, the agent again is there and basically, uh, she's trying to go for a role of a, or like a coal miner's wife or something like that, but she needs to get five years taken off her. She doesn't think that she needs plastic surgery, but her agent is obviously very honest with her. And Christian basically turns down the surgery purely for the fact that um, he can obviously date her and we'll get to that um, a little bit uh, later. Um, and, yeah, so we'll oh, actually a bit later. We'll get that run right now, basically, because this is where they're back at their very nice-looking apartment. I love their apartment when they're here in Hollywood. And uh, kind of your line that you said when Christian's getting ready to go out, he's drinking pineapple juice. Um, again, this show, very educational. Yeah, can I just point that out? Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, was it, was that one where he's talking about, uh, teabagging his testicles so that you do, yeah, yeah, right. you know, things like that? Um, and, uh, you know, just dumping poor old Wilbur on, uh, Sean. But then Sean gets a phone call, has to go back into McNamara and Troy because, uh, we've got our executive who's brought in his mistress, none other than Tia Carrera. Uh, I don't know if you're a yeah. Wayne's World fan at all. Uh, oh, hell yeah. 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 yeah, there we go. Uh, I remember first seeing this episode and going, hey, it's T. Carrera. Um, and she looks a lot different now. Can I just point out? Like, look her up today compared to what she looked like this 10 years ago. Was she uh, on, was she on um, um, the Celebrity Apprentice at one point? Eh? She was on one, one of the seasons of that at one point. I think so, yes. she's. I mean, she still kind of does things. Um, she was on, yeah, Blue Bloods. I knew I saw her recently and I kind of... Um, she just, like... I mean, I guess everyone ages. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but sort of like when I saw this episode of Blue Bloods, I'm like, That's, that looks like Tia Carrera. Is it really her? And I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God, it is. She's changed. Um, but, uh, you know, she's still looking great in this episode. Um, so she's obviously in there basically hurting our studio executive again. Um, and uh, we're going to obviously see that back a little bit later. And then we see Christian's had sex with Carly. And this is kind of, you know, we talked a lot about last season having some flashbacks to season one. Talk about flashback to the very first episode. We basically just kind of get a complete recreation here of the whole Kimber Christian scene from the very first episode where uh, Christian gets the big photo, ruins this rare photo of her with lipstick <laughs> and points out all the flaws and where she can uh, potentially get some uh, work done, basically. And the, just the look on her face when she kind of sits there. I, I really like... Um, this Daphne Zunga, Zuninga, sorry, is, uh, who plays Carly Summers. I think she's believable as someone who does this. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I just kind of like this. Can, yeah, if I can just jump in there and talk about her, because I think it's a, it's a good piece of casting. And, um, I don't know if you're getting Diane Lane vibes off her, but, you know, that's who she kind of jumps out to me as being very similar to in terms of kind of her look and, um, you know, probably kind of age profile and, you know, the whole thing going for like being a, you know, a, a coal miner's wife and things like that. It kind of feels like the kind of role that you would expect Diane Lane to be playing. So that's kind of who she, who she kind of reminds me of. So I think it's kind of well cast. I think they find somebody that you can relate to 
um, who kind of sells this whole thing about, you know, it's pretty difficult to, to be in this industry and, and um, age is a really big factor. I mean, you and I have a, a, a quite a strong background with the um, with the survivor and, you know, like basically anyone over the age of, of kind of 35 is considered old on that show, which is just crazy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this whole thing about about age in Hollywood is, is a really big deal. And these are the kind of you know, things I think are going to be really interesting if we spend a bit of time exploring these issues. Yeah, and I think it does it quite well that, like, you know, I mean, it's an industry which sometimes we kind of don't necessarily always feel overly sorry for them because it's like, well, you know, you're beautiful, you're rich, you've had a good career, you get to 35, 40, you've probably made millions and millions of dollars, so just go live off your money, like, you know. But at the same time, like, you know, she still wants to work. It's it's a very superficial industry, particularly for women, um, you know, at this stage, and we're kind of really seeing this. And I think this is done in, in a nice, subtle way because there's nothing, you know, in my mind, wrong with what the way she looks. Um, at all. I think she's gorgeous. But at the end of the day, I'm not a Hollywood executive. I, you know, and ultimately we're going to find out that Cameron Diaz gets this role, uh, who I've never really been that into. So I think that she looks better than Cameron Diaz. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting kind of how they, uh, they sort of do this here. But I mean, do you, do you like the fact that they kind of try and recreate that famous scene from the pilot episode here? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like the big, um, you know, the framed photo on the wall. I think that's quite a cool touch. Um, I think it's kind of a bit rude of Christian to kind of just, like, slap the lipstick onto the painting. It's like, <laughs> who are you? You know, you just go and, and mutilate something that's on her wall. It's one thing to put it on a, on a human being that they can just wash off. But, you know, I'm not quite sure if lipstick just washes off the, um, um, you know, the painting. It's, it seems like a weird thing to do. But, um, yeah, I think that this is a show that is, you know, and we kind of got that at the in the finale episode of season four. And um, I think it's something that we're going to start to see quite a bit of is, like, callbacks to things that have already happened um you know and i think that that kind of shows in a way that these characters haven't always changed quite how you would hope to see some and i mean this might be something i have a little bit of a problem with is are we seeing character kind of development and evolution here and and you could argue that christian doesn't hugely change over the course of this whole show and that's not necessarily a bad thing but you know it's it's quite interesting that you know everything he's been through has it really changed him and he's still acting the same way and and they make that very clear by, you know, calling back to, to scenes that we saw right in the pilot episode of the show. And it's kind of interesting to note, too, I think that kind of, I don't know if I had, um, you know, as much criticism I thought I would, but like last season, how I'd mentioned about how just quickly they move on from the whole spa thing, about how that just really kind of gets glossed over, like, oh, we sold the shares, move on. Um, and I know, obviously, we sort of had the wrap up with Michelle kind of quite quickly at the end of season four, and this is supposedly, what, two months later. Um, but there's never really any reference to Michelle. It's not like he's hung up on her and that sort of stuff. Like he's gotten over her very quickly, um, considering we know how he dealt with Kimber. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess kind of that's just a slight little nitpick. I mean, what really can we sort of bring up with that? Um, I don't know. But, uh, like, as you said, like, how much has he moved on? How much has he changed? I mean, Wilbur's still around. That's good. Uh, when he's convenient to the plot, I guess, he's, you know, hashtag Wilbur is a new Annie. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, what was the next bit here? Um, I, the rehearsal scene. The rehearsal scene, yes. Um, and this is kind of the editing, isn't it? Where they're, um, doing the surgery with, um, with Carly and Christian's getting the, um, the, the shots, right? Am I, am I the right point there? Um, no, no, no. This is this is um, quite, you know, like where they're in and um, Stifler's mum's on the on the bed. Um, I need oh. to know her name. Uh, oh, Jeff yeah, Coolidge. And, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, we obviously, um, you know, we get her kind of talking about the scene, and, and um, you know, Sean and Christian are in there with Bradley Cooper, kind of giving him some, you know, some some tips on how to make this yes. look a bit more kind of professional and realistic. Um, and you know, it's. It's some total overacting by by Jennifer Coolidge here, you know, <laughs> and it's quite funny. I think it's just, it, and it is played deliberately that way that you know, Sean and Christian are kind of like, what have we walked into here that we are the most normal people in this this room? Everybody else is these prima donnas who are just ridiculous, and you know, it, it, and I guess that that's a really important thing for us to know as the audience that you know this whole show has been based around the ridiculous situations that Sean and Christian get themselves into, and um, all of a sudden. Uh, 
Yeah, they are the most normal people in the room, and um, you know it's not even close. Um, and yeah, and then we get this kind of confrontation between um, Bradley Cooper's character and, and Christian around his bald spots. And yeah, and, you know he's not going to wear a cap. You know should, he should be wearing a cap because you know that makes it more realistic. And you know he's you know his hair is too good to be covered up by a by a surgeon's cap. You know it's it's, it's a funny scene. I do really enjoy it. And Sean's yelling, he's taking the uh, Tia Carrera route of, you are not in charge here to sort of shut down um, Aiden. And uh, yeah, it's fun. And I, I love, 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 love Jennifer Coolidge. Like, she's just, you know, as you said, Stifler's mom. I mean, God, she's been in everything, really. Um, you know, I I was one of the few people who actually semi-enjoyed the Friends spin-off, Joey, Don't Shoot Me. Um, and she was Joey's agent in that. Um, you know, she's just been in so many goddamn shows and movies. Yeah. But, um, reminds me so much of a friend of mine in high school's mum. <laughs> like, it's just, she's amazing. And I just kind of love her in this. And I, I love, like, cause she's in it a lot this season. And like, I love it later on when she has a music video, which is like so bad, but it's just hilarious. Um, just, you know, she's kind of almost like a dorm bud that she just keeps popping up every now and then or a Mrs. Grubman. So you'll see a fair bit of her. Candy Richards is her name, but yeah. Um, I do like the, the confrontation between, you know, Bradley Cooper and Christian, sort of just how they do it there. And this is kind of what obviously leads into, um, Christian wanting the plugs, uh, whilst, uh, into the, the surgery of Carla and kind of, again, just a nice little editing sort of snipping between that Nip Tuck does very well. Um, as we kind of see it there. And, um, this kind of also leads into Sean getting the letter from Matt, uh, that we find out that he's had a little girl. It's called Jenna. Um, and, uh, obviously it came so quickly because we did see that in the, uh, season four finale that he'll go out to help deliver it, but came by so quickly. My biggest question is like, um, you know, this is 2007. Um, so clearly the invention of email hasn't quite hit the United States yet. Um, I mean, it's all well and good. A, a letter, it's great, but I mean, you know, that's going to take probably a few days to reach Los Angeles from Miami. Uh, so, like, you know, is, is Sean just waiting around in, in anticipation and we just yeah. get a letter and here's a photo? Like, they had camera phones in 2007 too. Is this just a Scientology thing? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, these days it would be a Snapchat story. Um, yes. Yeah, so, it's, uh, you know, it, yeah, it is, it is kind of a bit weird. I, I have to admit, I didn't really think about that, but yes, it is a bit weird. Um, but you know, it's, it's a letter that does seem like a, a very strange, strange thing to be getting in, um, 2007 for sure. Yeah. So we then kind of, uh, hear Christian going off. He's got folliculitis. Um, apparently it's his fault from sweating in the tannery. And then basically Sean's regretting already going there. Should have gone to New York. Uh, and then we kind of get this bit about missing his kids. He says, I miss Annie. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't miss Annie. You don't even remember who Annie is. Um, well, I think it, I have to stop you there because, um, you know, you know it's bad when um, he actually, you know, he mentions Annie, but he just forgets Connor. You know, like Connor <laughs> is even worse. Like, you know, and I guess because Connor can't talk, so he's, you know, he doesn't matter at all. But uh, yeah, it's um, well, he does mention Connor to be honest. But yeah, it's you know, this is the whole thing. It's like Connor, but like these kids are just—it's ridiculous. Like it's just they are there when they're needed, and otherwise they just don't exist at all. Like in the moment. These parents couldn't, you know, they couldn't do more for their kids. They love them. They'll do anything for them. Um, but the minute that they're no longer needed for the story, they actually just completely disappear. I mean, <laughs> even in this scene here, you know, where Sean and Christian are talking, now, where the hell is Wilbur? I assume he's yeah. in bed, but, you know, it's just like, there's not even, like, the whole thing, there's not even, like, kids' toys lying around. It's like, nothing is. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm, I'm probably nitpicking things that aren't really important, but it does kind of make me laugh that these kids are just, like, they're just, just so disposable. Yeah. You know, they're there when they're needed, but otherwise they're just, like, completely absent. Yes, it's it's the plot convenience of children, basically. Um, but uh, I, li- I like kind of Christian's little line there when he sees a photo. Oh, she's beautiful. Looks just like me. <laughs> just said the, the kid. <laughs> yeah. But then we, we get kind of our uh, shooting here of uh, the Hearts and Scalpel scene. Uh, we've got Jennifer Coolidge back. In the- I think we're just going to always refer to them as Jennifer Coolidge and Bradley Cooper. They don't have uh, character names. Um, and I love the makeup effects here. And it's like all about like, oh, this is an HBO. You can't say pussy. Uh, and it's like she obviously says what, like cha-cha or whatever it is. Um, and then I just kind of love the way, cause you know, he's mentioning about how like, oh, you know, you're abused. You're too, you're mentally disturbed. You can't say the word pussy. Um, and then it's like, maybe I could gurgle like a baby. 
<laughs> this is like, um, you know, I, I assume you've seen Tropic Thunder. This is yes. so simple, isn't it? This is just total simple, Jack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just love, I love shows and movies where they kind of just absolutely take the piss out of their own industry. I just think it's hilarious. Um, and then I just kind of love this whole acting. And then, you know, we get the sort of, we're seeing the cameras and this dramatic music. And then we see Christian and then, you know, Freddie's all like, Oh, what is that? You know, cut, cut away, cut away. And it's ultimately going to lead to Sean kind of being the star here, which is, you know, complete role reversal from what two episodes ago when Sean was basically feeling like Christian was a dummy on his, uh, you know, <laughs> leg. And now all of a sudden it's going to be completely flipped around, which is kind of what I also enjoy a lot about sort of these early parts of season five. And, you know, as much as I love Christian, you know, I think you and I both always hashtag team Christian over Sean. We still love Sean, but I kind of love, and we, we talked a lot about this, I think, at the very beginning, how gradually this show almost flips these two around. And this is kind of really where Sean is going to start getting a lot more superficial moving forward. And I just kind of love this sort of, you know, fame that Sean's going to get out of this. Um, and yeah, I like, I kind of like what he's going to get with, um, the character of Kate, which, you know, we see in this episode, we don't really meet her as such. Um, so we kind of get more of her soon. But, um, yeah, I just kind of, I just, I, I just like this sort of switching over between these two. Uh, I don't know if you kind of enjoy this or, or like how they do this in this season. Yeah, no, I, I really do like it. And I think one of the things that is, is really interesting to me is that, yeah, you're right. Like Christian's always been the kind of crazy character that we like to follow because he's just his antics are always, you know, over the top and, um, you know, pretty ridiculous. But um, the thing about Sean is he's always been that character that, regardless of the crazy situations he also gets into, um, you can relate to him. You know, like he is a relatable character and you mm-hmm. do feel for him. And I think that that's why as he as he slightly becomes a bit more kind of superficial and, uh, you know, I think that that's... I find that really interesting because the the, the audience should go with him because we've really followed Sean and, and you know, we feel for Sean and um, all of a sudden... You know, how do we react to the guy who's going to start to change a little bit? Um, ultimately, I would argue that this is this is actually Sean's story. This whole this whole show, and you know, we, we do go on some little detours for sure, but ultimately, this is about how Sean changes over time. And um, so, I think that this is it's going to be interesting because I think it's going to start to push him into an area that we're not o- overly comfortable with um, with Sean um, for now, anyway. So, you know, I really enjoy it. I do love the whole thing of like, you know. They don't want to do close-ups on Christian's hair because they don't think it looks natural. And so instead of just like, like they still have him talking and then they just move the camera. It's like I'm not quite sure that's how it works, you know. Like, but but anyway, I think um, I'm probably getting into into detail that's not really necessary to be talking about. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that's necessarily how it works. Um, we kind of get a bit of a scene in between here before when they watch the episode, which I'll have a comment about. Um, more of Tia Carrera and kind of there's more damage and to her. Uh, this guy, what's that? And Christian in a hat. Is yes, Christian's hat. Christian yes, hat. I like Christian's hat yeah. though. I kind of, you know, he, again, he pulls it off. Um, it's very Russell. Yeah, but you'll get more Christian in a hat later on this season though. So, like, um, yeah. you know, just just stay tuned for Christian in a hat. Um, but yeah, like, I like I like kind of like this scene here between Tia Carrera. And Sean, just, you know, when he's like, she's like, oh, you will need me. Here's my card or something like that. Um, like, you know, this industry was going to eat you up alive and everything like that. I actually just want a, a quick side note, too, to this uh, executive guy. Craig Bierko is the actor. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a show called Unreal. Um, but he's sort of the, the head executive guy. It's, it's a really good, like, if you kind of do like shows where they're sort of a commentary on the industry, Unreal's like this show sort of, uh, about producers and everybody putting together a reality show style thing, like kind of like a bachelor sort of show, but it's kind of just like their manipulation of, you know, the bachelor and all the people and things like that. It's just, it's actually like really clever and it's really like witting, you know, smart. I think they're about to start the third season, at least the time recording this to date this a little bit. But, um, I, I know Colin and I sort of discussed about maybe covering that cause it's just, it's a great show. And if you've ever watched reality TV, whether, even if you don't like, the Bachelor, which I certainly don't, but it's it's certainly a, a sort of a nice little um commentary, I guess, and a fictionalized version of it. But um, yeah, he's great in that show. So uh, I kind of I knew I recognized him from something. And you know, it's kind of a small role here, but um, yeah, I think he does kind of make it his own. And um, he's got that kind of Oscar Isaac look to him, like he does kind of look mm-hmm. quite like a 
familiar face. Um, so yeah, I think in the small role that he's got here, it does work really well. And I just want to point out that I've um, just obviously overlooked something really stupid and just realised why Christian's wearing a hat is because of the hair plug situation. So yes, <laughs> sorry to all our listeners that are screaming at me as to why he's wearing a hat. Yep, I've just I've just cottoned on to that. It's, it's taken me a while, but I've got there. It's all right. It's a New Zealand thing. You know, you're slow sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, the thing, speaking of slow, well, not being slow, the most amazing thing to me, again, is that they've, they're have they watching this episode basically. Like, when did they film this? Like, how quickly do they <laughs> yeah. think they turn around a TV drama? Like, these are generally, <laughs> like, shot months in advance. Like, holy crap. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, like they're watching this basically within a week of it being filmed. Um, but, yeah, Christian's being cut out. It's all about Sean. Um, Christian's not happy. Uh, he's basically like, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, and the next day they're out getting coffee and everyone recognizes Sean. The selfie was invented in this episode of TV. I feel like 2007 wasn't exactly a selfie crazy year, but uh, you've got this woman taking a selfie with Sean. So, um, yeah. which is kind of interesting, but then we obviously have Christian still wanting to, to quit this. We see, uh, Aiden coming in. Apparently it was the uh, highest rating episode ever of it. Um, he calls Christian Christopher. Uh, <laughs> which is... And then, you know, the rate all because of, because of Sean, like, you know, the yeah. whole, the whole show just turned around and like people have suddenly started watching because of, you know, Sean and these guys influence. It's kind of crazy. I'm kind yeah. of just going quick back to the, um, the selfie thing. I guess it's quite interesting and I'm not sure it ever really plays on the show, but, um, you know, I guess this is kind of like, we're right at the advent of Facebook, really, around this mm-hmm. time. This is mm-hmm. when Facebook first MySpace started. MySpace was a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we're really just on the on the cusp of social media being a big thing. So, um, you know, I don't think that's something that plays hugely on the show. Um, I could be wrong, but um, it's just interesting to think that, yeah, selfies are suddenly a thing that will start to happen. So we're in quite an, an interesting time period when this has been filmed. Um, you know, it feels like a long time ago, and it's some, it feels like yesterday. But, yeah, you know... It, it is interesting to think about kind of putting it in that context about this is really the dawn of social media um, right around this time. Which is interesting because um, last season we obviously had the uh, episode with the sex tape, which was on YouTube, and yes. we kind of commented on that. But, um, yeah, I think with this show ending in 2010, I mean, we obviously, when we post these episodes on our Facebook page, we still try and tag Nip Tuck, and, they've, you know, their Facebook page has still got over a million followers. Um, and at least at the time of recording this, recently they posted a thing saying this day eight years ago, uh, the final episode of Nip Tuck aired. And it was kind of interesting sort of all the comments and likes and everything that they were sort of putting up there with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that kind of, you know, all these shows that we're really covering here on the Oz Network sort of going back in time, like obviously Third Watch was well before any of these social media things, uh, you know, ended in 2005, just about when MySpace was coming out. Um, and then both this and Lost sort of ended in 2010 where, you know, Twitter was kind of the thing that was sort of just really taking off sort of 2009, 2010. So, I mean, it's nothing we've really discussed too much, but it would be interesting to think how these shows would have been different in an age of social media, you know. I mean, you think about when Game of Thrones trends for, you know, three days straight whenever an episode airs. Imagine something like Lost. Um, you know, with all the talking that was around that show when it was on air, if that had been around at the age of Twitter. So, um, yeah, it's something that I've never really kind of, you know, thought too much about on, but just, it's just a subtle selfie that you see in this episode. And I'm not legitimately claiming Nip Tuck invented the selfie. I think it was proven or something that some Australian guy in a forum coined the term selfie, uh, you know, in the late nineties or something like that. And it just kind of, you know, floated around in space for a while. And then the trend took off with like Facebook and Twitter. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it is, like, interesting knowing that this was in 2007 and his random woman taking a selfie. Um, so, um, yeah, but, uh, I like the fact when Aiden's in McNamara Troy watching them do the liposuction, it's like, oh, it looks so real! <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is real, Aiden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just love Aiden the way he's like, you know, you got my digits, yeah? And just like the fun stuff we'll get with Aiden throughout this. Um, but I, I love Sean standing up to Christian here about, you know, like, you don't have to do the show, but I'm going to do the show. You know, this is good for business. Um, so, yeah, I kind of think it's good. And then we kind of get this scene with Christian, which I love sort of, 
I don't know how to describe Christian's demeanor here because he says he he does this a lot, doesn't he? When he like discards someone and he doesn't care about them, he just kind of you know you know he's using them. Just his demeanor towards Carly in this bit, where he's just like you know oh we can up your morphine if you want, and you know just things like that. And obviously, uh, you know Carly's being all nice and pleasant and everything, but we're ultimately going to see. Um, Christian about to ring up Us Weekly to dob in poor old Carly um, for it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting there. And actually, I jumped ahead myself before earlier when I said about um, Tia Carrera. This is a bit where Tia Carrera says to Sean about you will need my number because uh, the uh, the guy, the executive who, you know, we've just talked about how great we like him, but we just don't, can't remember his character's name, uh, he initially turned down this high-paying CEO job and apparently he's taken it now. But um, I do like the ending where you kind of see Sean, uh, Christian on the phone, you know, dobbing in Carla. Because I do kind of like this about this season too, going back to my point about I like how the roles get reversed and I like the desperation from Christian because I think it's been a while since we've really had, like, evil Christian um, you know, like real utter douchery Christian, sort of maybe back to season three. You know, we had a few glimmers of it last season, but I, I, you know, we talk about the complexity of Christian as a character when he's really a douche and you can't really defend him. He's doing this purely for selfish reasons, you know, because he wants to be in the public eye. So he's dobbing in this poor woman who's wanting to keep this secret. Um, and basically, you know, doing it for him to get a bit of publicity for himself now that Sean's in the limelight. So I don't know if you kind of like this twist or so it's not really a twist, but just kind of the, the way it ends. I just, I don't know. I just, I love it when Christian becomes like a real dick, like he does in the way to close this episode. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one thing that's always been true about him is that he is, he's a petty character, you know, and, um, you know, generally we love him for it. It's, it's not something that we, that we dislike about him. Um, but, but yeah, I think that is something that there is a lot more tension between these guys. It's kind of like, um, they're almost frenemies throughout this episode, you know, or through the season. Um, that, you know, you know, it it never breaks into like the full on kind of stuff that we saw in season two where they actually aren't speaking to each other and they're going to break up the business and things like that. But, um, it definitely becomes a case of, you know, like later on when Gina comes into it, you know, that's just because Sean just wants to get his, his own back on um, on Christian and things like that. So, yeah, I think that there's kind of um, a lot more to it than, than you know, well, there's, sorry, there's probably a less, less to it than there has been in other seasons, I suppose. But um, it does feel like there's this, this constant kind of like sniding with each other. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it never feels like hugely kind of, problematic but it's just they're, they're on each other's case and they're always trying to one-up each other it becomes a bit of a pissing contest i suppose um which i you know i find pretty fun really it's um you know you're not like oh my god this is great drama but i think it is kind of fun to watch and i think kind of what's done and we'll talk about obviously next week in a little bit is like next week kind of plays on that doesn't it with the sort of the marilyn monroe impersonators dueling against each other it's kind of one of these episodes where it's sort of Similar to what Nip Tuck always does, it's kind of got that theme of something, and this is kind of just almost like Christian and Sean dueling each other for fame and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we'll obviously talk about that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, unless you've got nothing else to mention, I guess we can get into our uh, buy it, bin it, uh, rent it section of this show. And uh, obviously we know that I'm on a bit of a streak. You two are also slightly on a bit of a streak here. But how do we start off Season 5 of uh, Nip Tuck? Well, yeah, and I mean it's um, it's an interesting one. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of talk about you know this is kind of the start of the downturn, but um, there's nothing I didn't really like about this episode. I'm quite happy to buy it, um, and it's probably like one that I've 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 said in a, a, maybe a couple back that it's it's not the most mind blowing episode of all time, but I think it does what it needs to do. It kind of sets us up for where we're going in a really good way. Um, you kind of forget that this is actually a slightly longer episode than. Than, than a normal episode in Iptak. It kind of like it zips along. You kind of get through all this this stuff and, and they set things up really, really well. We get some good guest actors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think this is anything like a top 10 episode or anything, but I'm, I'm quite happy to buy it. I don't have any issues doing that. Yeah, look, I'm going to keep the streak alive and buy it too. I mean, it's, it's not... Yeah, I agree with everything you say. This is definitely not a standard episode. It's a, it's an entertaining episode. It's a fun episode. I mean, there's really little wrong with this episode. But, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, it also doesn't stand out as much as, you know, anything last season and kind of anything we've had before it. So I've actually ranked this uh, 36th right now out of 60 episodes. So um, this, to me, is the uh, fourth lowest buy, <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, according yeah. to my list. So, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good episode of Nip Tuck. 
Um, but you know, I'm I'm not. This, to me, every episode last season was better than this one. Um, so kind of put that into context. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind of, you can tell that like there's going to be, as I said last season, that there's a lot of fun stuff to be had this season. But I mean, the fun stuff doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be outstanding episodes. There's maybe one or two episodes that I can think of that we've got remaining that are going to be, you know, high buys and the rest are kind of always going to be around this period of sort of a middle to low buy or a high middle rent with plenty of bins, I feel, to come sort of in the second half of this season and next season. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to go with this. But uh, next season, uh, next season, next week, uh, Joyce and Sharon Munro. Uh, we meet a pair of Marilyn Munro impersonators, Nick, and uh, all the fun that happens alongside of it. Uh, thoughts on uh, what we're going to have for Joyce and Sharon Munro? Yeah, well, I think it's starting to cut into, um, you know, like a lot of the stuff that you kind of think is, is really um, almost those cliched Hollywood things, you know, about these people that hang around outside the Chinese theatre. And, um, you know, I think it, this is kind of what I was expecting coming into the season. So it's, you know, the same type of thing as that you know there's nothing that's kind of i'm going oh my god this is not what i expected um we also start to get into this kind of romance story with with sean and um and kate you know that starts up in the next episode so yeah i think it's um it's one that is starting to set up a few um kind of medium length storylines anyway um yeah so it's it'll be one that's interesting to talk through and if i'm not mistaken any returns next episode am i right about that is next so next episode is also the Olivia one? Is that is that correct? I think it is. Yes, yeah, so I think we we meet Olivia and Julia is back too. So um, yeah. yeah so because uh, I, I I'll be honest in in lead up. Obviously, I've seen the episode plenty of times before. It's been maybe a few years since I've seen it in the lead up. At least of this episode, I haven't watched it yet. But just looking at who's in the next episode, I'm seeing here that Annie's in it. That we're gonna get Olivia and we're gonna get Julia. But I don't think we quite meet Eden just yet. Do no, we not? Definitely episode three. I just couldn't remember if um. Olivia was episode two or three, but no, you're right. There's uh, there's some actually some quite fun stuff with you know the reveal of of Julia being in this um yes. this lesbian relationship. You know, I think that that's it, it, that's quite a fun little um dynamic that gets set up. And um yeah, no, <laughs> I think there's there's a there's a lot to chew on with that episode um mm. and that storyline um going forward. So yeah, I think we're we're starting to set up some of the the kind of big big movements that we're going to start to have um, over the next the next kind of story arc that might take us through to um, you know at least to the the mid season kind of finale anyway. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking about this storyline around uh, Julia and her sexuality. Uh, a few things to say about it, but we also do get to meet Mrs. Ellen, uh, Australia's own Portia de Rossi. So, um, you know, look forward to that. So that's next week. That's Joyce and Sharon Munro. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, get involved, send us what you think about Nip Tark. Uh, if you think anything about it or think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in to this show. My name is Ben, and I'm getting tits like a girl. And um, I'm Nick, and what the hell is this shit, Freddy? A musical episode? How gay is that? Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>